You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host as always, Stephen Carr. Today's episode being brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com, tell them Locked On sent you. Today is Friday, August 20th. We are now 81 days away from the start of college basketball season. And today, for the number 81, we hop in the time machine and we are going all the way back to November 26th, 1999. It is Mark Few's first game as head coach inside the kennel. His first home game as head coach of Gonzaga. And Gonzaga is taking on Eastern Washington. And they beat the Eagles 81-47. to Gonzaga scores 81 points in Mark Few's first home game. Freshman Zach Gord scored 24 points. Matt Santangelo added 13 points. Casey Calvary blocked five shots. It was the first time... Gonzaga's ever played a home game while ranked in the top 25, and they put on an absolute show for the home crowd. 81-47 to in Mark Few's first home game as head coach all the way back in November of 1999. Come back tomorrow and find out what the number 80 has in store for us as we continue our countdown to college basketball. All right, today on the show, we are looking back on the 2013 Gonzaga Bulldogs. Kelly Olynyk coming off of his redshirt season, and he becomes one of the best players in college basketball. And Gonzaga becomes one of the best teams in college basketball. And then it all comes to a screeching halt because of a bunch of shockers. We'll also continue our Path to Playing Time series with some words on Eliza Hollingsworth, who is possibly the biggest wild card in Gonzaga's front court. Before we get to all that, some news and notes from Thursday, and we start with Gonzaga women's soccer. We gave you guys a preview of both Gonzaga men and women's soccer along with volleyball on yesterday's show. And we said Gonzaga women's soccer starts their season Thursday night and they started it with a bang. They scored two goals in the first five minutes uh, against Eastern Washington. They ended up winning the game four to nothing. A fantastic start to the season for Gonzaga women's soccer. Maddie Kemp scored in the fourth minute. Kate Doyle scored in the fifth minute. A fantastic start uh, for the Gonzaga women's soccer team. As we mentioned yesterday, this is... Uh, one of their best teams in school history, and they're off to a good start with a 4-0 win over Eastern Washington to begin their season. They'll hit the road this weekend to take on Georgia on the road, 10 a.m. on Sunday, and then they go to Purdue uh, next Thursday. So two Power 5 teams for Gonzaga, a good test for them early on in the season. Back on the men's basketball front, Gonzaga has offered two scholarships in the past couple of days. Johan Traore and Colin Chandler both tweeted out that they have been offered by the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Johan Traore, who we've talked about before, is a big man in the class of 2022. He's ranked 70th nationally by 247 Sports. And then Colin Chandler, who is a newer name, he is in the class of 2022. He's a shooting guard from Utah, ranked 53 nationally, but he is going on a mission, um, which is one of the reasons why a lot of different Utah schools are in his top six along with Gonzaga. So he's not part of, technically he's the graduating class of 2022, but he will not be coming to a college campus until 2024. So a couple names to keep an eye on, Colin Chandler and then Johan Traore, who we've been talking about uh, several times on this show before. 
And then the last thing I want to touch on here is that Jerry Palm over at CBS Sports released his latest bracketology on Thursday morning. And he's got Gonzaga as the number one seed out west. And he's also got Texas and UCLA as number one seeds, both opponents for Gonzaga in the first couple of weeks of the season. And it's interesting that he's got UCLA as the number one seed in the south. And I've mentioned this before on this show as well, but that Gonzaga-UCLA head-to-head showdown Thanksgiving week could very, very easily determine who gets the number one seed out west and who ends up getting shipped off to another region if both of them end up as number one seeds. So it's not just a big game for uh, you know bragging rights, but it is a huge game for possible seedings later on in the season. So he's got Gonzaga as a one, UCLA as a one in the south, Texas a number one in the east, and then some other non-conference opponents for Gonzaga. He's got Duke as a number three seed. He's got Alabama as a number four seed, and he's got Texas Tech as a number 10 seed. He's also got Washington State in the field as a number 10 seed, which is pretty cool to see. Uh, Obviously, Gonzaga is not facing Washington State this year, but I do think if they continue their upward trajectory at some point soon, Gonzaga and Washington State are going to start their series back up again. The interesting thing is he's only got one other WCC school in the field, and that's BYU. And BYU is in his last four in. I think BYU is much better than a last four in team. I think they're going to get a single digit seed this year, Uh, but still just one other WCC school and it's BYU, no mention of St. Mary's at all. Gonzaga's 8-9 matchup would be West Virginia and Nevada. Of course, they've had multiple NCAA tournament games against West Virginia over the last decade. And for hardcore Gonzaga fans who have been around a very long time, being able to take on Nevada and beat Nevada in the second round uh, would be a whole lot of fun for Gonzaga fans from the early 2000s. Houston is their number four seed. Oregon is their number three seed. And Baylor is their number two seed. How about that? An elite eight rematch between Baylor and Gonzaga, according to Jerry Palm, if seedings were to hold in the 2022 NCAA tournament. Okay, that's going to do it for the news and notes. Coming up. Reminiscing on the 2013 Gonzaga Bulldogs and the arrival of Kelly Olenek to the national stage. It's also Elias Harris's senior year. The entire season is full of all sorts of memories, good, bad, and awful. But first, I want to get real for a second. There are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know when you're sweating through your shirt for no reason? It's embarrassing, right? I know this obviously isn't life and death. There's much worse problems in the world right now. But let's be honest, in the moment, it feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech or an interview or, God forbid, a first date. I would much rather not worry about it, and now you do not have to. Introducing Sweatblock Antiperspirant Wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. They're doctor-recommended and doctor-created right here in the United States. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, you go to bed, and then the next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. I personally have started using the sweat block deodorant, and in just one week, I can tell the difference. It is the best deodorant that I have had over the last several years. I highly, highly recommend. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out sweat block. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. Okay, here we go. The 2013 Gonzaga Bulldogs, the first number one ranking in school history. 
Rob Sacre has graduated. He's off to the NBA. Marquise Carter has graduated. He's gone. Ryan Spangler ends up transferring out. Matisse Merninghoff, Matisse Kaida both leave school. But Kelly Olynyk comes off of his redshirt season, and they get a guy named Shemek Karnowski coming in as a freshman. And if it weren't for Kevin Pangos, Shemek Karnowski may have never come to school. Shemek Karnowski has talked about before how influential Kevin Pangos was uh, on his visit to Gonzaga. So Shemek Karnowski comes in as a freshman. Kyle Dranginis comes off of his redshirt year. And Kelly Olenek, of course, is the biggest piece coming off of his redshirt year as well. Of course, it's also Elias Harris's senior year. Kevin Pangos and Gary Bell are now sophomores. And Sam Dower is a role player as a junior. So let's talk about the season. People may forget that Kelly Olenek was actually not eligible to play in the first three games of the year. One of those three games was a home game against West Virginia as part of the 24-hour tip-off marathon. And Gonzaga absolutely smacked West Virginia. Again, continuing Mark Few's ownage of Bob Huggins. 84-50. to Five different Zags were in double figures, including Mike Hart. Mike Hart scored double figures against West Virginia. Gary Bell led the way with 15 points. Guy Landrietti with 14. Kevin Pangos, 13. Elias Harris with 11. Shamit Karnowski, his second game as a collegiate player, scored six points, had four rebounds and two assists off the bench. And then came the tournament in Orlando. I don't remember what it was actually called at that point. Advocare Invitational, Old Spice Classic, whatever. Is the tournament in Orlando. Gonzaga faced Clemson, Oklahoma, and Davidson. Not the strongest field in the world, uh, but they got the job done. They win all three games. They beat Davidson in the championship, 81-67. to Elias Harris finished the day with 24 points and 10 rebounds. He was 9 for 11 from the field. Kevin Pangos with 23 points. Kelly Olynyk started his first game back uh, once he got eligible, but then he went back to the bench, uh, and he came off the bench in this championship game at 14 points and 6 rebounds. And he would continue to come off the bench, including the game against Washington State about a week and a half after returning from Florida. And this was the game where Kevin Pangos was 1 for 11 from the field. He struggled the entire night. Gonzaga, Washington State tied at 69. And Kevin Pangos takes an inbounds pass, goes coast to coast, hits a runner off the glass with a second to go to give Gonzaga a 71 to 69 victory at Washington State. Uh, Leas Harris finished the night with 23 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, and 4 steals. He was 10 of 17 from the field, and Kelly Olenek off the bench was 10 for 14, 7 rebounds, 22 points. And that's the point where Gonzaga's coaching staff said, I think we need to start this guy the rest of the season. And that is exactly what happened. They insert him into the starting lineup for Gonzaga's next game, which is a battle of 9-0 undefeated teams. It's 10th-ranked Gonzaga, 13th-ranked Illinois in a showdown at the McCarthy Athletic Center, and this, my friends, is the Brandon Paul game. If you remember Brandon Paul, he comes into Spokane and absolutely lights up the Zags. 35 points, four rebounds, three assists, three steals, two blocks. He was 10 of 16 from the field. Illinois could not be stopped in the second half. They beat Gonzaga and improved to 10 and 0. 85 to 74. Illinois comes in and beats the Zags. Kevin Pango struggled from the field. He was just three for 11. Gonzaga is a team five for 18 from the three-point line. Illinois was 11 for 26. But Kelly Olynyk, his first game as a starter, seven for nine from the field, 16 points, eight rebounds. Gonzaga regroups and they win eight straight games, including a couple big ones over the Big 12. They beat Kansas State. They beat Baylor at home. 
And then they get a really, really nice win. A true road game at Oklahoma State. At the time, Gonzaga was ranked 10th, and they were 12-1. Oklahoma State was ranked in the top 25, and they were 10-1. Gonzaga beats Oklahoma State 69-68. to If you guys remember this game, Gary Bell Jr. hit an absolutely enormous three off of a brilliant Mike Hart screen to give Gonzaga the win in the final 30 seconds of that game. Gary Bell was 2 for 10 from the field before that shot hit the biggest three-pointer of the game. Kevin Pangos was absolutely fantastic. 23 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists. Kelly Olynyk with 21 points and 9 rebounds in that game. That Oklahoma State team uh, had Marcus Spart, Phil Forte, Markel Brown, and the Gonzaga would end up seeing them again in the 2014 NCAA tournament, which we will talk about tomorrow. So Gonzaga heads into WCC play. They're 13-1, and and they just absolutely roll through the WCC. 16-0. I believe this is the fourth time that Gonzaga goes through the WCC unscathed. They finally beat San Francisco on the road, 71-61. Shout out to the Dons. Their toughest game in the WCC was actually a game at San Diego. San Diego was under 500 at the time, but Gonzaga trailed by four with seven and a half minutes remaining, but they held San Diego to just six points the rest of the way. Gonzaga gets two layups from Kelly Olynyk late, and they hold off San Diego 65-63. to It was their co- closest conference game of the season. Obviously, in the middle of conference season was the best game of the year, and that's the game at Butler. 8th ranked Gonzaga, 13th ranked Butler, 17 and 1 versus 15 and 2, one of the best mid-major non-conference games um, that you'll see over the last decade. Absolutely fantastic environment. We all know how it ends. David Stockton with a bad inbounds pass, Roosevelt Jones hits the runner at the buzzer to beat Gonzaga. Uh, but still one of the best atmospheres and just an unbelievably cool college basketball game. Obviously, a lot of Gonzaga fans still look back on it um, as a bad memory, but just as a fan of college basketball, it really was just a fantastic game. Sam Dower had 20 points off the bench for Gonzaga, played absolutely fantastic. Uh, Kelly Olenek, Elias Harris spent most of that game in foul trouble. Kevin Pango struggled in that game, could not get much going. Him and Gary Bell only took six shots combined. They forced Gonzaga to go inside a lot, and they did with Kelly Olenek, Elias Harris, and Sam Dower combining for 50 of Gonzaga's 63 points. Roosevelt Jones, who hit the game winner, ended up with 20 points. Butler beats Gonzaga 64-63, and that was Gonzaga's only other loss of the regular season. Senior night, March 2nd. Everybody else in the college basketball world has lost up until that point. 2013 season was one of the worst college basketball seasons uh, and produced one of the worst NBA draft classes of the modern era. Gonzaga took advantage of all that. They kept winning, they kept winning, and after they beat Portland on senior night, they got their first number one ranking in school history. An incredible moment to be on campus for at the time. They brought out an absolutely enormous number one cake that all the students can go out in front of Crosby and get a piece of. Uh, It was just really, really electric environment on campus at the time. And then they went out to Las Vegas, and they dominated the WCC tournament. They beat up LMU after kind of a slow start in that game. They're actually only up a point at halftime in that game. Anthony Ireland, uh, the star for LMU at the time, was putting it to him in the first half. But Gonzaga outscores LMU by 17 in the second half to run away from the Lions. And then they beat St. Mary's in the WCC championship fairly handily, 65-51. to 
Elias Harris, Kelly Olenek combined for 40 points and 16 rebounds. Gonzaga wins the WCC championship once again, and they enter the NCAA tournament with a number one seed for the first time in school history. A number one seed, a 31-2 and record, and a chance to win a national championship. It's probably one of... I would say two teams. You can argue maybe a third or a fourth, but really is one of this team and the Morrison team were the two teams that you thought could legitimately win the national championship uh, at the time. And then the NCAA tournament actually happened. They struggled to beat Southern in the first round, uh, almost fell victim to the first 16-1 upset, but they are able to squeak by Southern 64-58. to And then comes Wichita State. Those damn Wichita State Shockers. They hit 14 threes. Ron Baker hits four. Clay Anthony Early hits four. Fred Van Fleet has 13 points off the bench. Gary Bell Jr. gets hurt, only plays 21 minutes in that game. And you could tell as soon as he went out, the team defense for Gonzaga started to struggle mightily. The home crowd in Utah, who should be rooting for Gonzaga, turns against them, starts rooting for Wichita State. It was just an avalanche of bad, bad news Gonzaga shoots the ball just 36% from the field. Kevin Pangos goes 6 for 17. Kelly Olenek goes 8 for 22. They also shoot 20 for 29 from the line, which is below 70%. Then, of course, they give up those 14 threes. Gonzaga loses in the second round of the NCAA tournament once again, 76-70 to to Wichita State. We didn't know it at the time. But Wichita State turned out to be a pretty damn good team for those two years. They made uh, a run all the way to the Final Four before losing to Louisville in that 2013 tournament. And then the next year, they go undefeated heading into the NCAA tournament before they get screwed and get matched up with Kentucky in the second round, which was absolutely a TV deal and a selection committee decision that could have absolutely been avoided. Uh, but Wichita State loses to Kentucky in the second round as an undefeated 35-0 team. But still an absolute gut punch of a loss for Gonzaga. And this was really when the public just completely turned against Gonzaga and lost all trust in them in the NCAA tournament. They had uh, you know those Cinderella runs, late 90s, early 2000s, and then they had a couple early exits as high seeds followed by Morrison and the uh, collapse against UCLA in the Sweet 16 in 2006. And then this was the first chance for Gonzaga to really show that they are in the upper echelon of college basketball teams. A lot of fans started to think, hey, maybe Gonzaga could finally get back to that Elite Eight or get to their first Final Four. And they lose in the second round of the NCAA tournament. And that still lingers in a lot of people's minds. They're still not over 2013, which is ridiculous considering what they've done each of the last six NCAA tournaments at this point. But still, uh, as a fan at the time, it was just an absolute gut punch of a loss. Uh, and probably one of the two or three losses that still stings uh, to this day. Because this was a college basketball season that really anybody could have won. It was a season full of parody, a lot of losses, no true dominant team. And this Gonzaga team 100% could have won a national championship. There are obviously flaws in the roster, but it was certainly talented enough and had a superstar in Kelly Olynyk. And I want to talk about Kelly Olynyk because his season was historic. He was the first Gonzaga player of the Mark Few era to average 17 points, 7 rebounds, and shoot 60% from the field. There has only been 23 players in all of college basketball since the start of 2000. Only 23 players to average at least 17 points, 7 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 
and shoot 60-plus percent from the field. 23 players have done that. Gonzaga has three of those 23 players. And Kelly Olenek did it in the fewest number of minutes played. He only averaged 26 and a half minutes and still managed to average 17.8 points, 7.3 rebounds, 1.7 assists, and he shot the ball 63% from the field. He was unbelievably efficient. He did it in the fewest minutes of any of these 23 players. The guy who did it in the second fewest minutes, Drew Timmy. This past season, he did it in 28.2 minutes. And Drew Timmy and Kelly Olynyk's stat lines were actually fairly, fairly similar uh, throughout the season. So Kelly Olynyk, a dominant, dominant uh, redshirt season. Of course, he goes on to get drafted in the NBA. And now he just signed another massive deal. He's going to make, by the end of this contract, right around $100 million in his career. And it was all started because he took a redshirt season after he said, hey, I don't know if my time at Gonzaga is going to work out. I think I want to transfer out and go somewhere else. The coaching staff convinces him to stay. And why not transfer to Gonzaga? So he sits out a season, he works on his body, he gets stronger, he gets quicker, he gets better, averages 17.8 points, 7.3 rebounds, leads Gonzaga to a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, and it really sets the precedence for all future transfers into the Gonzaga program. Without Kelly Olynyk, I don't know where Gonzaga is today. So a huge shout out to Kelly Olynyk, despite losing in the second round of the NCAA tournament, uh, this season provided... Uh, what was the groundwork for a lot of other players to come into this program and get Gonzaga to that next level and eventually to multiple Final Fours. Okay, that is enough for today's look back. Coming up, we're talking about Eliza Hollingsworth. She finally got healthy at the end of last season and had a massive moment in the WCC title game. What does this year have in store for the six foot two Australian forward? We will break that down to finish today's show. Before we do a minute to talk about Bet Online, it's that time of year again, and all eyes are turning to football as teams head back to the gridiron to start football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half million dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, both open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's right, 100% welcome bonus. And be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Hard Knocks Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager still gets refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports. From football to basketball, boxing, right up to horse racing. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Also, a minute to talk about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. 
right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts car will ever need rockauto.com okay eliza hollingsworth is an incredibly intriguing player and i have waited two years to see what she can do on the basketball court unfortunately most of her first two seasons on campus were marred by injury she sat out the entire 2019-20 season with an injury, ended up redshirting the year, and then she missed the first half of last season. The main injury that caused her to miss last year was because she stepped in a pothole and she messed up her foot and ankle. Just a complete freak injury. But now, by all accounts, she is completely healthy, entering the new year for the first time. And me, personally, I am incredibly, incredibly excited to see how she gets utilized in Lisa Fortier's system. Eliza Hollingsworth, if you don't know her, she is a six foot two stretch big out of Australia. She's got a ton of international experience. And in 2018, while still playing overseas, she averaged just shy of a double double. It was like 12 points and 9.8 rebounds or something like that. And last season at Gonzaga, once she finally got healthy, she played in 10 games. And when she was on the court, she went 10 for 15 from the field. Incredibly, incredibly efficient. But her biggest moment was a three-pointer that she hit with about three minutes left in the WCC title game against BYU. She was forced in the spotlight because, you know, half the team was battling food poisoning. And so she was one of the only people still healthy. And she hit one of the biggest shots of the game, kept Gonzaga in it, uh, cut the deficit, and eventually they would win on a buzzer beater from Jill Townsend. So now the question is, where does she stand on the depth chart entering this season? The path to playing time for Eliza Hollingsworth is to become a reliable three-point threat. Gonzaga has had a very, very long, long list of talented forwards over the years, but very, very few have ever stretched out to the three-point line. I think the only one that really comes to mind over the last several seasons is Jill Barda. But if Hollingsworth becomes a stretch forward, it adds a completely new dimension to Gonzaga's offense. Her ability to shoot the ball along with Yvonne Ejim and Melody Kempton's ability to score at the rim, gives Gonzaga a super, super dynamic high-low game. Obviously, Gonzaga is going to miss Jen Worth and Leanne Worth, but the depth that is behind them at the forward spot is just waiting to break out, and Hollingsworth is one of those players next in line. I think a lot of the hype has been going to Yvonne Ejim, including on this program, because of her U19 World Cup performance especially, and also to Melody Kempton, because she's been such a solid role player for the last three seasons. But Eliza Hollingsworth, I think, is the true X factor in this front court. If she does indeed turn out to be that double-double machine that she was back in Australia, Gonzaga may have a budding superstar on their hands. Okay, that is going to do it for today's show. Like we mentioned on Tuesday, because we missed Monday's episode this week, we are going to be back tomorrow for a special Saturday edition of Locked on Zags. We'll be looking back on the 2014 Gonzaga Bulldogs, which is led by a senior year Sam Dower. It was, in my opinion, a 100% transition season to get to that loaded 2015 team, but they made the NCAA tournament and they continued their first round winning streak. We'll also continue our Path to Playing Time series on the women's side with some words on Maude Halbins, the Syracuse transfer, who's entering Gonzaga with four years of eligibility still remaining. 
Before we go today, if you're a baseball fan, betting on Major League Baseball does not have to be a guessing game anymore. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, please rate and subscribe to this podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating because today is indeed Five Star Friday. You can follow me on Twitter at Escargo. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Zags. If you want to email the show, feel free to do so. It's LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your Friday. We will see you back here for a special Saturday morning edition of Locked on Zags. It is a great day to be a Zag.